BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You know, the excitement of rock and roll music is rooted in the magic that happens when a band performs together. The early recordings of the originators of rock and roll were done to capture the energy of their live performances. The technology at the time only allowed for this approach. The band set up together in a studio. A few microphones were strategically placed around. The band ran down the song a few times for the engineer to get instrument and vocal levels set up. And then the engineer would press the record button on the tape machine and the producer would give the signal and the band would kick into the song, all striving to capture the magic. Any rock and roll musician will tell you there's something very special that happens when you're playing together with great musicians in a band. Now the pandemic brought challenges of all kinds to everyone around the world. And one particular to musicians was how to create music with the magic without being able to be together in the same room during lockdowns. My guest today is my good friend Tom Guerra, a guitarist, singer-songwriter with a deep love of rock and roll. You're getting a taste of Tom's mighty rock and roll guitar work there on a track called Autumn Eyes off of his new release, Sentimental Junk. The album was recorded during the pandemic, and we talk about the advantages of new recording technology along with the challenges he faced in that recording process and how he ultimately managed to capture the feel of a kick-ass band playing in the same room. We also touch on the challenges artists face in finding their audience in these times of very fractured social media bubbles. Welcome to the Leisure Class, Tom. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jack. You know, your new release, Sentimental Junk, which I love the title, (laughs) and the music as well. Well, You you. you had recorded this during the pandemic, but it's a band record. It's not like a solo acoustic album. I mean, this is a rock and roll album with a full band, right? It is. um, But we, you know, because of what happened during the pandemic, it forced us to be in different studios. So, you know, I recorded the basic tracks in Connecticut. The drummer uh, is in Austin, Texas. He did his drum tracks in Austin. Kenny Aronson, who was my main sounding board on this whole record, as he has been on all my solo records, is down in the Philadelphia area. So we did the bass tracks down there. Um, Vocals we did here when I was singing. John Butcher is up in north of Boston, uh, did his there. Scott Lawson Pomeroy did a vocal track up in Northampton, Mass. So it's kind of a a collection of all these different studios, and I pulled everything together in mind because we were in isolation, you know? Right. And it's the... Really, you know, the technology that that we have now sitting on our desktops that allow this sort of thing to happen, you know, otherwise you'd be shipping around 
<laughs> shipping yeah, Ampex two-inch tape around, right, which would be right. nuts. But um, just sort of give a quick, like, tell me how that sort of happens. Yeah, so um, in terms of the process, it is like making sausage, and, and people might think it's ugly or whatever, but it, it was necessary to produce a, a tasty treat, I guess. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. but, uh, so, so I would I would record, you know, I recorded the demos, and then I recorded the demo to a click track, which is just a, a drum beat, um, simple drum beat. I then sent that down to the drummer, uh, two versions, one with the click and one without. He would then put his drums over the version without the click and send me just the drum tracks. I would line those up in my studio. Um, and that's basically how we worked. We all worked with, uh, with that type of approach, you know, all in different places just to make it sound like a band that was rocking in the same room, you know? Right. So just so everybody understands what you're doing is you're taking these audio files from your computer and either emailing them or putting them in Dropbox or something like yep. that where they can exactly then download them and put it into their computer and, and deal with it on their end. Right, so, right. So we're basically getting all these different streams of parts and putting them together, obviously lining them up so they you know, are, are in sync and uh, coming up with some, some fresh rock and roll. It really does sound like a band in, in the same room. It really does. Yeah, well, I've you know. got some experience doing that too. <laughs> oh, I know, <laughs> but this, this was kind of a strange situation because I was writing and really was, had a, a relatively productive streak and wanted to keep this going, but obviously you couldn't really have people come into the studio and, and uh, the technology enabled us to do it this way. Right. Yeah. And, and on top of that, not, not knowing when it was going to be okay to get everybody back in the same room again. Right. Right. And right. You know, I was thinking, Oh, I'll keep writing in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, we'll all be able to get together and do this. But that, that end was not in sight. So. No, it's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, we're in a lot of ways, this could never have happened 20 years ago, you know? Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. It's amazing what, you know, I think you, we've talked before, and there's more technology, recording technology available on an iPhone, yeah, than the Beatles ever had by a long Absolutely. shot. Absolutely, you know, so, Absolutely. Uh, but you know, you can't let the technology get in the way. It can facilitate, which it did in this case. It was a great enabler to to creating music. Um, but you know, I I like pretty stripped down music. I'd be happy recording, you know, on. Uh, on an old reel to reel or whatever, um, because some of my favorite music was recorded that way. So we kind of look at using new technology, but you know, to, you know, regurgitate old tones. <laughs> right, re- that's right. Recre- recreate what was done very re- simply. Recreate is a better word. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, in this day and age, I just came back from Sun Studios yeah. and it's still an operating studio, but it's no fancier than it was than when Elvis and the million dollar quartet where they're recording, you know, yeah. a couple of microphones yeah. in a room, but yeah, the technology has really enabled that. And I, I think that's, I'm fascinated by it. I don't engage in it myself. Um, I just never dove into that, that piece of it, but yeah. um, it really, it came off really well in your case for sure, man. Well, thank you very much. And you know, there will never ever be anything better than playing with a live band, you know, in terms of just clicking that, getting that groove down, but having done that for a long time, I kind of know what it enables and, and could co- 
could kind of replicate that in the studio. You well, you've know? got you've got great players playing with you too. I mean, Kenny Aronson played with Derringer and dozens of Dylan other people. And Dylan, Dustin, yep. yeah, and so a lot of other people, yeah. And so he was he was he was a great. Um, he's been a great sounding board and friend for many years. Um, you know, I'll be creating music and I'll be sending it to him, and he'll be very honest and and um, have gr- some great ideas. And with all these guys that I'm playing with, I mean. You know, we anybody could record an album and play all the instruments in it, but that would be really, really boring and not really um, rich. You know, I mean, when you get somebody like a Kenny Aronson on bass, he's going to bring a lot more to my songs than I can bring because that's his that's his specialty. You right. Know? And, right. And everybody's like that 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 we work with. It seems. Um, you know, I want to you know rely on them to contribute their best into my music. And I think it makes for overall a better song. Well, being open to the input is important too. As, as an artist putting that hat on and not being the producer in certain cases and having someone else with a perspective really helps bring, like you say, absolutely other things to you it. Know? I mean, because if, you know, if, if I wasn't like that and I wasn't receptive, why would I ever have somebody like a Kenny Aronson play bass? I could just play bass, you know, right. but, but man, it just, it all came together really, really nicely. That's great. So you got it done. You get it mastered. You get it mixed and mastered and yep. get it pressed into a CD and some files that can be downloaded, yep. can be streamed. Now, what's the challenge now? Now well, that it's done. I, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine today who's like, yeah, I just did an album. What do I do next? I'm like, now's the real work. You know, it is... And when you're working on an album for two years, you're exhausted by the time you're done with it, you know, and I mixed this and I sent it out for mastering and, you know, had a couple weeks to sort of recharge my batteries and and make a list of, okay, these are the hundred people I want to send this to, Um, you know, that might be what, what are called like influencers today, but it's critics or people you can have to review the album then on the second uh, you know, tier, you're getting it out to all of the streaming sites as well. And it's, it's really challenging because you want to get it out there uh, a little bit after some of these reviews start to hit. So you can maybe create a little bit of a buzz, um, but not too, not too far after that because, you know, people have a collective memory of, you know, five minutes in this business. So right. If it's that. just sending it's sending a ton of them out, and it's it's really schlepping a lot of um, a lot of uh, CDs to people who want the CDs, or sending the files to those who want to listen to the files. And it's constant. I mean, I the the album was released uh, a week and a half ago, and I've been on the phone every night with people, uh, reviewers, people who are interviewing me. Um, doing some podcasts, other podcasts as well. Although this is the best one, I, I am certain of that, Jack. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. <laughs> but but it's 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 really, I mean, it's a challenge because you know I'm I, I'm not on a big label or anything, and I'm on a little label, and they're helping out a little bit. But all hands on deck, you know. Well, and just so that the listeners understand, you know, in earlier times, even earlier times with large labels, all of these tasks had staff you know there was you know rows and rows and rows of people at the labels who were handling all these different pieces that you're doing the artists are now responsible for themselves the democratization of this whole process yeah because of the technology that that we have 
allows artists to be very creative on their own and control it and not have the high overhead and be in the hole before the album was released because of the expenses. Yeah. But now it's all on us to figure out you, you've got to be the marketing department. You've got to be the PR department. You got to be, be the fulfillment department, right? right. You know, and, you're, absolutely. You're, and and I did all of those things, you know. And you know, I, for the those that went out to the press, I kind of gave a backstory on who I was. This is my fifth solo album. These are the songs. These are the special guests. This is the first single. Um, and and you know, just getting that out there is just you know. It, you know, it's no, not it's, a it's not a cheap thing either. I mean, the cost of media mail is now over three bucks. You know, right. and, yeah, it's, and that's you know that's a per per CD that you send out. So it's and this you know, is it's a it's, you're you're it's working. A, it's, it's oh, a sorry, big task. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's you know it, it just is like a uh, it's a never ending thing until you kind of run out of juice, <laughs> and then it's time to start it all over again. You get right, some time right. off and you start writing, about, writing you know, again. You no, know, that's how the blue, that's the blues, my friend. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and you're, you know, using sort of a, I don't want to say an old paradigm, but you know, a very established paradigm for, for music, music stuff, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and if you were out playing gigs now on a regular basis, you would open up the trunk and you would have yeah. your merch and your CDs to sell at the table after the gigs, just the same way that Elvis and Jerry Lee and all the early rockers and country guys did. And right. I, absolutely. And, and they, they drive even farther. Too. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, but, the, but, but that's, you know, it is sort of like a, a DI do it yourself type of business, you know, and um, I'm okay with that. I want my music to be heard and I'll do whatever it takes, you know, within reason. Right. <laughs> well, that's, so that brings me to like moving into the world that, um, of social media. Uh, the, and, uh, yeah. The 21st century. Right? You can say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's been around for a while, but I, it's a challenge, right? I mean, it, it, social media, all of these different um, platforms, you build up an audience of friends or followers or whatever it is. And yeah. you, in the early days, you could kind of rely on your message getting to everyone that was in your tribe. And that's yeah. not the case any longer because of the no. AI and all right. of that. And right. so what do you what do you hope to achieve, if anything, on social media and how do you go about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm social media is just one of the ways I'm uh, promoting this and, um, you know, looking to reach those, the, the, the tribe of my people that, you know, that are into guitar based rock and roll stuff. And it's, it's not easy when you have all of this AI that, you know, I think you said it best, you know, you, you know, you posted a picture of a chicken dinner and you got, you know, 500 people that liked it, but you put your podcast up and it's half that many or something. If that, if that, if that, so it's, it's just trying to use it for whatever you can get out of it, but realize that, you know, it's, you know, you're not going to reach, I have, I have like 5,000 followers on Facebook and, you know, I I'm lucky if I reach, you know, 5% of those on any post, you know? So, you know, it, now we're going to jump all the way back, you know, back to the 19th century. Right, <laughs> 20th century yeah. is, you know, 
when we were growing up, the idea of of hearing music and sharing that music was a big part of our lives. It was a ritual. It was, it was, you know, I, I dare say it was, it was our religion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, we had our congregation that would gather our guys in the band, our friends, whatever. And we would preach it. Exactly. (laughs) Go to church. But I think, um, trying to figure out an online version of that, right? I mean, you can put groups together on Facebook and pages and all that kind of stuff, but you face the same problems. It only, you know, it only reaches a certain amount of people. Right. They it's want the you to reach. advertise. Yeah, they want you to advertise and all that. So yeah. it's like you need to engage your your congregation as disciples, you know, yeah. and ask them if they dig it, pass it on. Like it, it would help all of us as artists across the board, across disciplines. That's, I mean, that's exactly right. And that's why they got that share button down there that hopefully, you know, if somebody likes something and I'm going to, I'll remind people next time I post something, feel free to share this, you know, and I post music, I post reviews, I post interviews and getting that word out there. And part of it, I mean, there is just not one end all or be all and end all to, to promote your music. You can't just do it through Facebook. You can't just do it through Instagram Um, you know, I'm, I'm going hard copy magazines. I'm, I'm doing everything I can, anything I can think of, you know, and, and, you know, radio shows, college radio, we're doing some stuff. Nice. So as much as we can do, as much as one person can do, um, but you know, having realistic expectations too. Sure. You know, i.e. breaking even, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) Tom, thanks so much for stopping by today. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jack. All right, folks. You've been listening to the Leisure Class Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Sani. It's brought to you by Newsweek.